Woo! All right, we're official like a whistle. That's what Too Short says. Hey, we back for another episode of Monday Night Raw. I am your host, D. Horace Towns, reporting live from an underclosed location. I'm joined by my best friends, who I like to call the super friends. First off, I'm going to the person at top. I don't know if he's Leon Phelps or uh, Zay Bontanamo, but I'm going to call him the latest man. What's up, Pimp? What's going on, my brother? What's up, everybody? What other brothers? How y'all doing? All right. Good, Shout out good. to the day, Cole. Yeah. Here with us again. Appreciate the love, buddy. Second of all, I'm going to the person at the bottom. The person I like to call Super Mario Senior. Please say the senior. What's going on, man? Glorious day. All right. Everybody tuning in. Hit the share button for we can get cranking up. I like to call this one the baby, uh, the baby mama edition of the Black uh, Super Friends podcast. And I'm going to the bottom. He's a he's a special guy to me. We have a special relationship. <laughs> he's the guy that I like to call the sponsor killer, but he's not gonna do that tonight. No, I'm not gonna do that tonight. Not gonna do it tonight because he's representing his company, his industry. And the person I like to call because grandma tells me to sing Chris. Thank you, as always, my brother, for that intro. But it's King Chris spelled incorrectly on purpose. Or should I say it in your native language? Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. There's only one comedian. There's only one comedian on this panel, okay? My bad. Don't talk to me like that in front of my son. (laughs) (laughs) So listen. Oh, I haven't seen y'all guys in a while, so tonight I'm choosing to share and um, show my eyes tonight because somehow uh, some angry fans have a problem with me wearing my shades, and they don't understand it's because of the, the lights in the studio. But, you know, to each his own, I'll try to go with it for a little period of time, okay? That's why All I right. always go clear. Yeah, well, well, right off the bat, I want to go to our commercial sponsor for the week. And I keep saying, people, there's a vegan market out in this area. We want to support healthy, clean eating. But apparently, everyone wants to eat ribs. All right? <laughs> so I'm not going to deny anyone that's in business. We try to support black organizations. So we have yet another rib sponsor. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I know. This week's sponsor is City Boy Ribs. The logo yeah. and the motto is, you might want to slap your knee off when I drop this meat off. City Boy Ribs. <laughs> City Boys, we up. <laughs> hey, when he starts slinging shirts, put me in line. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. That could easily get misconstrued. So that's a different issue. First off the bat, man, I want to recognize that even though he ain't on the panel tonight, he is the second generation of black super friends, man. We need to recognize Lil Mario's birthday. Lil Wapo. (laughs) (laughs) His first birthday, man. How was it, Mario? Oh, man, it was a joyous occasion, man. I was happy, man. He had a good time. My mom and my niece came up, you know, 
because of COVID, we didn't have too many people. So it was just the grandmas and the granddads and them. Um, that's it. As you know, y'all guys would have came. But uh, man, he was running around happy. He, I think he do was his birthday, man. And he got a, uh, he got a basketball goal. Even though I told nobody don't buy him no basketball goal, but uh, and he wow. shot, he shot his first basket. Cause I, one thing for sure, looking at our track record, I know he's not gonna be six nothing. <laughs> one thing I don't want to do is get him a, a a dream that's unattainable. I think the days are full well over. Okay. Yeah. So, the the game is getting shorter though. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm gonna test it. So get him a soccer ball coming right mm-hmm. up. Well, Mario, gotcha. your son is my son, so I'm gonna let you know I'm gonna be the butthole that I am for Christmas. He will have a drum set. I'll it to your front door. Step brothers. Oh, yeah. Hardy uh, used to play drums himself, so he yeah. already know. Sure did. I know yeah, Omar would have happened. Bro, them drums about to be banging through the house. Yeah, you're right. He's going to be in his own room. So, you know, you have a, a, a beautiful daughter, and now you got your son. You know, yep. you're on top of the world. Uh, with that being said, all of the guys on the panel are fathers. You know, so I want to ask you guys tonight, before we get into a deep discussion, I want to ask y'all, what is your definition of being a father or what does being a father mean to you? What does a father mean to you? And I want to go first to uh, the comedian of the night, King Chris. That would be King Chris spelled incorrectly on purpose. But um, when <laughs> it, it might be, that's on purpose. But um, honestly, man, when we when we brought this subject up on pre-show, um, I was excited because, you know, I knew this was going to be a slam dunk. I knew I would be able to, you know, I'm a father, so I, I knew, but at the end of the, when I started to think about it, it became harder and harder to define it for me. And um, and I think that it has something to do with maybe I've never had a father, so I never experienced actually having a father. Um, honestly, I feel like since I moved back to Orlando, I get a I get a day to day lesson. So I'm starting to define being a father for me. But I do think that you have to experience it from both sides as far as having a father, whether it's good or bad or, or just and being a father. So I think that it's best to, to kind of like an experience from both sides. Cause I, I don't, I don't know the other side of it. And I don't have many homeboys that grew up with their fathers. And so while I'm trying to, um, learn to define the father that I am, I think it's best for me to define the father, the to understand the father that I am. So I brought in a special guest to tell me what type of father I am. Okay, okay. let's talk to the people, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> talk to the people. Tell them, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> she she prepared a special uh presentation for us. Oh, she's your child. Yeah. <clears throat> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, fathers play I feel like bro. Go ahead, go ahead. I feel like fathers play a crucial role in a child's life because fathers are important because they teach you things your mom can't and or doesn't teach you, such as for example, your dad would normally teach you how to, like, I guess, freshen up your laces, and your mom would normally teach you how to match your clothes, 
even though you can learn many things without one, I feel like it would be better to have one, and I'm very grateful to be able to experience that. Thank you for your. Uh, I agree. That's good. Good job, Cotton. Cupcake. Honey, it's your turn, my brother. Well. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're going to go with Tootie on this one. <laughs> the excitement just overwhelms you. I know, I know. He's, he's, he's choked up in the studio. He's he choked up. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Warming, I ain't going to lie, Christian. Me, I have three boys. And, uh, you know, I have Tyler, I have Jamari, and I have Kendall. They are all grown. Oh, you don't know the feeling that I have inside. But um, what does being a father mean to me? Or what is the, the definition of being a father? I wanted to say when I had Tyler, I did not, I wasn't trying to have a child, but I wasn't trying to not have a child. Life was good. Back then, things were a little different. So I had a, you know, I had a job and had a little money. And I don't know if I was feeling a void. I'm like, hey, I'm going to have a son. That's how lack of mentorship is very needed. No one told me the, the variables that came with being a father. I'm just thinking I'm going to have a kid. Life would be good. And that's what made life interesting. But when I first had my son, the minute you see your child, life will never be the same. The minute you see your child, you don't think the same. Now you're thinking about your child 24 hours a day. Before I had Tyler, you know, we would get in the car and if it's a party in Tampa, we would just go without thought. We didn't have anything to think about. But once you had that child and you hold them, your life would never be the same. And I think that um, being a father to me mean, meant my kids came first and everything. And last off, right now, I want to say that being a father to me in my older, older days, I realized that it's that we have to change the approach. It's more than being a, a dad to my kids. I take the village approach. Being a dad or being a man is closely related. I'm a father to a kid that don't have a father down the street. I might be a father to my brothers on the screen. We are fathers all the time. And I said that because I have a, a young man that's five years old. When he sees me, he runs up to me and says, hey, daddy, hey, pop. I call him during the week. Now, back in the days, I would have been like, that sucker, I ain't taking care of nobody else's kid. But the, the void that that young man's father ain't in his life right now. So I can never, knowing that we didn't have dads, I don't want other kids to experience that. So I got now I have a five-year-old that I once or twice a week call, how was cool, how was this, until he gets to an age where, you know, he can understand some things. But I think uh, being a father means being a father, even when it's outside your household. So that's my spiel. Zay. Uh, man, so I wrestled with this one here. Um, you said we're all fathers. Um, I got the joy of having my daughter this weekend. I got the joy of teaching her. So when I sat back and I toyed with this a little bit and I kept asking myself, what's the definition of a father? Uh, the definition of a father to me is someone who's going to be there for a life that he created um, in all capacity, whether it be financial, physical, mental, you need to be that. That's a father, you know, a part of that shield that we 
walk around with as men saying that we are protectors and providers, you know, we're also teachers. Just like how we have to teach men how to be men, we also have to teach women about love and all the things that a man is supposed to do or not do. That's what a father does. And um, so when you ask me about the definition of a father, that's what it is to me. That's what it encompasses, being loving, being supportive, always being that pillar or that rock for your children that you help put on. That's what it is to me. Um, what does being a father mean to me? It means everything. Um, so as I started off saying, I took this weekend, as y'all saw, I've been shagging, I've been woofing it. You know, a haircut has been the last of my concern and my worries for a while. I can care less. Everything else was good with me. Um, wasn't going through anything. It just wasn't important. I took that time when my daughter kept telling me, Daddy, you need to cut your hair. You need to do something with your hair. So I said, you know what, baby? We got some time. You're over here. Let's cut. And I'm going to teach you. So that's also a part of being a father is the teaching aspect and letting her know, you know, to not know fear beyond means. Don't worry about messing my hair up. I just want you to get comfortable with the motion and doing it because who knows? She may like it and may end up being an extra stream of revenue or income for her. And I've taught her how to feed herself and not only herself, but her family, if that's something that she turns out to like. And that bonding, that time for me was everything. I loved it. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, she got it started. I had to finish it because only I can do it the way that I need to. But she loved it. She shared that information with her sisters. And, you know, for me, just that smile on her face of that knowing that my dad has my back that he'll let me do something as crazy as cut his hair that was everything for me so for me being a father just simply just being that in the capacity hardy boy my brother hardy uh, i like uh i like to piggyback off all what y'all said you know all of us didn't um really have per se a father but we had well we also did have a lot of good male role models so uh like Tootie, I had my baby very young. I was I didn't know really how to be how to take care of myself. I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what being DeMario was, let alone what being the father was. So when I first had my daughter, everybody know I definitely didn't plan it, but it happened and I knew that was a responsibility of mine. So the first thing about being a father that I came in contact with was responsibility. Cause it hit me like, man, I'm responsible for somebody now. Like I cannot longer ask, I have to be a giver. So that was the first time in my life where it wasn't all about me. It wasn't about what shoes or what car, it was about how how do I even go far to just to make sure that I'm somebody who she can be happy to say I'm her father. So then uh, the next thing came to me is like, I was chosen because Lord knows I didn't try to have a baby. But then as Jayla, as Jayla grew up in her life, I started seeing that if it wasn't for her in certain situations, I wouldn't have had the drive or the uh, restraint in some certain situations because of her to even become the man I was. So I had to see that God chose for me to be a father at that age because he knew that's what I needed to stay on my purpose. So then that's what the third thing was, purpose. And then once I had jail, everything I went through, and thank God for all y'all being there, you know, because all y'all was through with me through all the transition of me becoming from d hearted to mario to fight to, to all my steps in life i just started growing and growing and jayla kind of grew with me so uh 
if Jalen was to come and do a kind of thing, I'm pretty sure her and Lil Mario have two different references of who <laughs> because mm-hmm. they have two different daddies. You know what I'm saying? And as when Jalen graduated, I think the accomplishment of seeing that we figured this out together, you know, then right after that, I had Mario. So then I said, dang, everything I couldn't give Jayla, now I get to be able to give her. I get to wake up every morning, go to every doctor's appointment, take him to school, pick him up, see his first steps. So then I felt like happy and like a shepherd because I get to get up every day and then see my sheep and then mold them into the person who they want to be and be interjected. So being a father overall, even though it took me on a roller coaster emotionally, physically, and financially, it always did one thing. It, it let me know that my purpose above all was going to be to be a mentor and to be a shepherd. And I feel like being a father above all is being a shepherd because a shepherd feeds, protects, guides, and, and loves his sheep. And I feel like all of us are great examples of doing that for our children. And sometimes a shepherd is not taught to be a shepherd. But sometimes you get through in there like David and then you become one, but you get chosen to be one before you even knew that you was one. And I and I want to say I uh I appreciate all of y'all because at every point of my life, I can say I hear a lot of women and I, a lot of dudes say it too, that uh it's a lot of sorry dudes out here. And I'm blessed to say that my closest circle of friends are not those dudes. Because I can say that we was to poll all of our children outside of us being there, they would all say the same thing that we may not be perfect, but we damn sure worth it as being a father. So being a father mm-hmm. is just like all y'all said, it's the world, because I believe it defines my purpose in life. Yeah, yeah. I for for me, man, I think that like I want to pick back on what you what you said, man. Like I didn't understand that until I moved back up here. That them them car rides to school, them picking the the picking her up from school, the doctor visits, everything like that, man. I got I got a little more appreciation out of it and and, and thankfulness out of it than I think she did because it, it what one thing being a primary parent I say does is give you the motivation. You know what you waking up every morning to do. You know what why you um going to that job. You know why you starting that business. You know what you know the, your purpose. And that's what looking at your child every day and being responsible for your child every day does for you. It makes sure you know, hey, this is what this has to get done. So, right. I mean, I, I, any, any, I, I encourage any man that's that that is a father and not you know fully there. I, I encourage you to do it because it's one of the it's one of the most fulfilling. It's the lowest paying job I've ever had. Lowest paying, <laughs> but it's the you definitely, definitely don't get any type of accolades for it. <laughs> but it's definitely one of the greatest, uh, most fulfilling jobs I ever had. You know, one thing too, Chris, I was thinking about with all of us that I've noticed, um, and I remember speaking to my brother about this at time that what I see inside of us as men and as fathers is everything that we didn't get from our fathers. We try to pour into our children, make sure that they don't have those boys, but to also make sure that we can encompass everything. You know. Having children is a lot, and you got to be there for yours at all costs, in all capacities. So when I say this, meaning some guys out here that don't have money, and guys, it's okay. Everybody, like Mario said, his finances were rocking. They weren't always good, but when he didn't have money, he had time. And I think that's something that a lot of women got to recognize that they don't. It's a lot of times you oftentimes hear, 
dollar, 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 dollar. But those bonds, those those precious moments that those fathers get a chance to spend with those daughters are priceless. And they actually mean a little bit more than dollars. We said in another episode, money is important. It's right up there with air, but it's not everything. Having a father figure in the place, whether it be a woman or a, you know, growing little boy, I'm sorry, a little girl or a growing little boy is very monumental and should be respected. I, but being a father doesn't come to solace. Yeah, I want to say, y'all knew my dad. My dad was my dad was a real pimp, like a real actual pimp. And he and his dad. I mean, I think the thing that I wanted to be intentional about was breaking the chain. I I recognized at a young age there was a chain that needed to be broken in our family, and we still had them issues where guys. I don't know if we have kids to prove our manhood, or we don't see the totality of having a child. You know what I mean? And um, I, I had to break that even. And I, I tell anybody, even though I knew my relationship was over, I stayed as long as I could. Cause I wanted, I didn't want, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with my son under someone else's roof. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, Tyler was a kid, man. I had him with me at least till age five or six. Like, and even after that, even when we separated all the wrong, I did, I did right with it. Cause, my kids, the stuff I did was not for me. It was for them. It wasn't, oh, you bought your baby mama car. No, it was, I bought a car for my kids to ride comfortable. I paying for making sure my kids have somewhere nice to, nice to stay. But I tell anybody, when you're a dad, make sure everything you do, you do it with love. Because it ain't no easy job. But, I mean, you if God gave you that child, man, you definitely have to see it that way. Don't say, I had a baby. No. A lot of people want to have kids and not blessed to have them. You got to see it as that almost like a, a duty given by God to raise that child and make sure that you didn't give that child everything. Because a lot of people don't recognize that it's not about you anymore. And I think a lot of us are missing that. You know what I mean? Each generation mm -hmm. should elevate. What I'm doing, my kids, the sacrifice I make should put them on a higher plateau. And at some point, we, we get out of that. So with that being said, and we're in the city girls era, what tips do you give to the young fathers and young single mothers out here? Because um, at a time in life, we had an issue where, you know, our parents or grandparents, whether you had a baby, whether you liked each other or not, you had a baby, you got married. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now we're in an era where that's not, that's it's been normalized to have a kid. We're not together. We just, you know. We just we just got a situation, you know what I mean. So, what tips do you give to young fathers and young single mothers out there, Zabo? Yeah. Um. Hmm. What I would say is I'll hinge off of what you said. Make sure at the crux of everything that you're doing, right at the forefront, that you're showing love, whether you guys be together or not. Very important. It's actually imperative that these kids see love, they see the parents in agreement um, on issues. And of course, we're human beings, we're not gonna always see it the same. That's okay. Normalize agreeing to disagree without it stopping you guys from going forward towards uh, whatever the goal may be. And the goal in this case is the kids. You know, um, one of the things that I talked about, I talk about a lot is communication and understanding. That's going to be the lock and the key to everything, guys. And I'm saying this to my fellas, and I'm also saying this to the women. You guys got to get an understanding of who you are dealing with 
as a human being. Stop trying to get individuals to conform to what you think a father or a mother should be. That's your ideals. They have their own. Understand who it is that you have a child with. That should have actually been at the beginning. Understand who, who it is that you have a child with. Choose wisely. But once you do, because a lot of us, like us on the panel, we had no clue who it is we were having children with. At least we didn't know internally. But once you do, try your best to meet them where they are. They're going to have their shortcomings. Try to be the, uh, the stronger side, the yin to their yang, as it pertains to your child. You guys don't even have to be in a relationship to progressively move forward for the betterment of that child. And then last but not least, I always say kids just need to see love within that. They don't need to see you guys tearing each other apart. That does them no good. And it actually causes problems with them where they might actually think that they're the reason why you guys can't get along. And that's no good for the child. If the child is the, the sole purpose of everything, make that child numero uno. Something we talked about, and this is my last piece. A lot of us as men are, are, are fools for our kids. And it will go hell or jail. Well, why don't we take that same energy as we approach as we approach the mothers? You know what I'm saying? To try to make sure that we're still a fool for our child, so that we can still get to see them. Make sure that we're spending time with them, but also being able to stomach or stand a conversation with you for the betterment of that child, and making sure that at the end of it, even if we agree or don't agree, that we can come to some type of resolution. Betterment of the child. That's that's what I think I would put forth to any young man that's going to have a child. And I'm definitely going to talk to the women and say, be more receptive, but also be a little more understanding. You can still be firm on your on your ideals, but be a little bit more understanding for the betterment of the child, not just because you feel a way. What you Mario? Got? Well, my biggest thing I would say is be patient. Because uh, I think a lot of times when we understanding married or not that you got to understand that one thing they said is like you have an idea of what a parent is to you and that's off of how you was raised and your perception of in the world of what parents are and no matter how much you know your partner you could be in love with them they still have their own way of thinking of how they want to be parent and how they think they should parent so i think a lot of times it's just be patient and understand that at the end of everything in the center of all it is love and then after patience, to me, it comes accountability. Like if you start worrying about what the other parent doing and then you be accountable for your half or your uh, input on that child's life and you be the best mother or father that you can be. And then the child will at least have the best mother or father, whatever you are, to them to be. And then let God and the good word and him or them deal with whoever they can be. Because it's not your job to be both parents. It's your job to be whichever one you are. And be the best one of that you can be. And the last thing is understand, just like everything else in life, sacrifices must be made emotionally. So even though you might not like the person, it's not about you no more. The same way you sacrifice and go to work extra hours for Christmas, the same way you sacrifice and you eat the smaller meal, the same way you might have to bite the bullet and look at the other parent when you don't like them or when mm -hmm. you don't want to talk to them. Or when you don't think it's right for you to, for them to see their parent or on the other side, understand those are sacrifices that you have to be made that have to be made because it's a child and the child. If the child really comes first, then their well their well being mentally and physically will matter to you. And you understanding that will know that a parent needs. I mean, a child needs both parents in their life. 
to be well-rounded. I'm not saying that you can't overcome some things and be well-rounded, but to secure a well-rounded child, you need two point of views, a male and a female. So if you do those things right there, and I believe that right now you have what we call a sustainable co-parenting situation, or if you married or if you're with them, you'll be able to raise a, a child together in a good, solid foundation of a home because we have to stay accountable. We have to be patient. And we honestly got to stop cliche using the word and really put the child first. What you got to? Uh, <clears throat> I want to go back to the question. And I mean, that's simple. What tips do I get? Listen, I, oh boy, I, it was a lot of days that I damn cried. I had moments I cried. Because the system, I I beg anybody, young mothers, young fathers, there are some guys that do need it. We didn't got into a bad situation. But I urge both parties to work your best to work together because the state don't care about you and the government don't care about black families. So try your best to work together. If you Once you get to a point where you recognize that they don't want us together, they don't want black men, black women, they don't want people to actually, you know, have a successful family, what a, it ends up being productive and advances us as a, as a, uh, as a community. I think you look at things different. I, I, I give a shout out to the mothers who don't, and maybe they ha have the justification to do it. Um, but try to work it out. And I tell men all the time, we have a responsibility as, as, as men. Once you have a child, life ain't about you. You ain't missing nothing. Once you have a child, you have forfeited all of the, some of the, I ain't gonna say, yeah, I'm going to say forfeited. Your child comes first, right? Um, my lessons and my tips will be this. Don't tell a child, show a child. Uh, a child is going to watch what you do. You could say, don't do this. I've seen too many brothers in the community. Oh, tell a kid, oh, don't be like me. Oh, don't do this. But the kid every day sees images in the household, whether it's some narcotics, whether it's various women, the images are what a kid is going to form as a blueprint for life. Don't tell them, show them better. I can say X, Y, Z about my dad, but I knew and heard of stuff he did, but I never saw it. That's the respect that my dad had for, for us. Um, understand what you pour into a child is what come out. I seen a mother three weeks ago. She had a bunch of kids in the car. Hey, I love it. The music she was playing, little kids shouldn't be hearing that. I'm sorry. And then when you understand that these kids are cussing and school acting out, music does have an influence on your mind. If you listen to love music, what you do? You in a mind where you feeling a little romantic. You listen to this kind of music, your mind is on that. So it does make a difference. And I last off, I'll say that kids should never be robbed of their innocence. I see where mm -hmm. a lot of kids are forced to grow up, man, because the parents are selfish. Whether you're dad or mom, put your put your stuff to the side for the sake of the child. The best thing you can do is be Superman and try to make sure your kids don't have stress. There are too many kids that were in school when I was teaching that came to school with real life problems. And you see kids that have emotional trauma or you have kids that have uh, PTSD at an early age. One of the guys that I hated, me and him were blatant enemies. 
God put in a situation where I go to school and I have to teach his little girl in elementary school. Broke me down because it made me feel how stupid it was. But that young mother, uh, that young girl was there and saw her dad murdered. So that child is, is tore up forever. You know what I mean? And then no one's focused on the kids. So those are my tips, man. When you have the, we have to pay, even if your child is 10, 11, 12, still see him as a baby, protect the baby. So that's my tip, not to ride along. Seeing Chris. That's King Chris spelled incorrectly on purpose. Thank you, though. Um, tips that I would give for, uh, for a father. You don't have to. I say it. I correct you every time. Um, <laughs> patience. Patience. Hardy spoke about this. He said something about patience. And, and I think that's the number one thing, man. If you don't have patience as a father, you're going to really, really suck at it. Um, you're going to have, have patience with the mother first. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you chose her. No one told you to pick her. No one tell you to shoot up the club. You could have strapped it up, but you chose her. You the one. You the one did that. So you have to be patient. It may be ten years down the line. I think Hardy can attest to this too. It may be ten years down the line before that woman mature or grow or I don't even want to say mature or grow. I just want to say before you guys understand, Kavik understand. It might be ten years down the line. So you have to. You have to one hundred percent be patient. Um. Not only that, you have to, as much as we want to teach our children, we have to learn from our children too. We have to be able to learn from them. So I think that you have to utilize your time a lot because you have to take the time out to listen to your child, to understand, to have, let them communicate with you their problems, their issues, uh, anything that's going on with them. And I find, I find the best way, one of the best ways to do that is, is time management. A lot of times when we're taking our kids to school, that's like you, you're looking at a 30, 45 minute ride sometimes or anywhere you're driving. Utilize that time better. You don't have to play the same exact songs that you didn't hear on the radio five million times. You don't have to play the same songs that you already know. You don't. A lot of times we get in the car and then we have a conversation with any with everybody that's not in the car. Have, utilize that time to have a conversation with your kid. Turn the radio off. Ask them how to school today. Ask them about their friends. Know their friends. Know know their teachers. Know the, know all these things about them. Have, have an intimate relationship with your kids to the point where they feel like they can come to you and talk. Like I believe that I believe that fatherhood of parenting in general, especially as fathers, because we're we're usually asked to be the disciplinarian. It, fatherhood is 90% teaching and 10% uh, discipline. If you teach 90% of the time, I promise you I only have to discipline 10% of the time. Because it, if it's one thing I know that a person, uh, you don't get beat for one thing and then stop doing it and never do it again your whole life. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, we have to understand that that's what is that's what it's more about than than the the yelling the screaming just teach them everything everything look at everything as a teachable moment them car conversations are are extremely extremely valuable so you don't have to play the the the, the music that they don't want that they don't need to be hearing you can actually talk talk to them also it was one more i wanted to talk about but again i just i that's that's 
the most important thing to me, man. Just utilize utilize your time a lot better. Also, one thing that I, I now remember, one thing that I, I taught myself was this. To get the truth, the truth must have a safe place to come to. The truth is not going to come if it feels like it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be embarrassed, if it's going to be harshly disciplined. What you have, So what I, I made a pact with my daughter. I say, hey, look, for in exchange for the truth, I want you all. I, I want you to tell me the truth, and I can. I promise you, I won't punish you the same day. Meaning, I will go to. I would hear what you did. You explain it to me. I will go to sleep. I will wake up, get another sunrise. Thank, thank God for another for another day, and then decide whether I, whether or what I'm going to punish you on. Because I think that a lot of times we do things emotionally. We feel like we feel like if we punish punish her, and then now now we didn't fix it, but that's not always the the case. So what I suggest is you do, what I suggest you do is if you want your kids to get tell you the truth, let them tell you the truth and delay the punishment to another day. That way you didn't went to sleep, you got a, you in a whole other mind frame, and now you're ready to make the best decision on the punishment. I'm not telling you not to punish the kid, but I think that with a clear head and a clear mind, you can make the best decision and the best punishment. That's what I got. So, uh, wait a minute. Okay, my bad. Oh, you, you put yourself on mute. Yeah, oh, I, thought was, I thought you was pooty tight. Yeah, nah, well, um, no. Before we close, I wanted to say something. Ask what you were saying, Chris. To the other parents, give yourself, give the other parents some grace. Whether you like the other person or y'all don't like each other, give that other other parent some grace. And what I mean by that, give them the benefit of the doubt. No matter how many times they messed up, think the best before you think the worst. And most of all, do not vent to your kids about that parent. Because whether you like yes. your baby daddy or baby mama, that is their, that's their child, that's their hero. A lot of times women say, oh, he ain't this, this, and that. To a young man, it's horrible. But to a young daughter, you, that's their dad, that's their hero. So think about the things that you put on a kid because somehow I was taught that it mirrors uh, uh, the child's value as well. You know, So be careful with that and give our, our kids grace to back up what Chris said. You know, uh, Kids are going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Even at our age, we still learning stuff. So I think now that we're in an age of information and we're learning some of the traditional things we've done has been not the best. I think we have to start using some of that stuff, you know, <laughs> some of that stuff, man. So I want to add that. And last but not least, single mothers, do not send me hate mail. If you got a young man, find a, find a daddy, uncle, somebody. Those I know you love your baby, but that young man is your future. Don't say a sorry man out there and you could be cold, you know, you could be raising that same sorry man. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So this the same one you're going to want to be somebody's husband. This the same young man you're going to want to be the, the, the man that takes care of you in your young years. So please, please be open to the fact that a man, a young king 
has to be a man. So instill those values in there. And and I know you love your baby, but let, let these boys go out there and learn some accountability or some responsibility and respect for him, for you, and for everybody in that community. That's what make that's what make the kingdom great. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Let me go to my, my third question. And this is gonna be interesting because uh it's an interesting question overall. And I could go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase this tonight. I'm gonna make it simple, you know, because the viewer question was, how do you find time to make her happy, and how do you know she's worth it? So I'll simple make it simple and say, when do men? When is I'm gonna ask you guys, when do you feel someone that you're dating is worth it? Well, Mario, you're married, but let's talk in past tense. <laughs> you know, I think oh, worth it means I guess worth my time. So I'm assuming that's what she's talking about. And I'm gonna yeah. think I'm gonna say when it's chemistry, because a lot of times we uh, uh, uh a friend of mine had just posted a meme the other day and it said uh just because a woman is half naked that doesn't mean that uh she's a hoe because I know a lot of uh women in church who suck a dick on the side. <laughs> so. I said sponsor is I said that's true and and that is a hundred percent fact but as a man 90 percent of us are visual so perception is gonna be key because the way we approach you and the way we approach the situation most of the times I hate to say it but it's the fact it's gonna go off of how we perceive you to be as a woman and most of that's gonna come off of how you look or how you how you are represented through clothes or through interactions and stuff like that. So to me, a lot of times when you first see if somebody worth your time or not, it's a perception thing. I, I see where you are, where you are, how you look, how you carry yourself. And I think she, she might seem to be somebody with substance. So then I proceed to treat you as such. Because if I don't see that, and you might have all the substance in the world, then I'm going to approach you in that manner. And I think that's that's the key to a lot of women. What you got to understand out here is a lot of men don't really know when you work their time, but it's all a, a, a mind game to them. Because however they see you in their head, they make up a story and they say, "Well, man, she seems to be going doing everything right. She has a limited amount of kids. She seems to be going to work every day. Seems like a good wholesome woman. I could take her to a nice, respectable restaurant." If I see you head down, ass up in most of your pictures, if I see you lingering on or you're looking over your shoulder, <laughs> first thing you're pushing to me, I'm going to think you only work time at night. So a lot of times, how I would know is I would uh, look at you first, judge your surroundings, and say, okay, maybe I could take her on a date. That's off a first uh, encounter. That's how I would know. <laughs> what you got, uh, uh, Chris? Well, I did a date doctor on this, uh mini clinic on this, and I and I think it boils down to price and worth. I, I hear women say worth a lot. Again, price is different than worth. I'm gonna give you an example. Here's a pen. I can tell you that this pen, the price of this, I can tell you the worth of this pen is a thousand dollars. But really, all I did was just tell you the price because the the seller determines the price and the buyer determines the worth so if this work if this pen isn't worth doesn't have a thousand dollars worth of value to me then it's not worth a thousand dollars so if we're talking about worth it's only 
how much value do a woman bring to you? That's how you decide if she's worth it. If she doesn't bring any more any value other than than the way she looks or the sex that she give you, then that's how you can determine her worth. I'm not saying that you have to. You, I'm not saying you got to be an uh, asshole about it. But uh, at the, at the end of the day, that's how you determine somebody's worth. If she doesn't bring you peace, that's because that's worth all the money in the world. If she doesn't bring you, if she doesn't bring you peace, then she's not worth it. If she if her value her value is extremely low. If she doesn't bring you another understand, if she doesn't take you to a whole nother level than where you are now, then her then her worth is not is not that much. But again, you have to understand your you have to understand your worth and your value to understand someone else's. So work on your your value first, so that you don't you you only accept a high value a high value woman. That so that's the only way that you decide worth. What's the value that it brings to you? Tula, what you got? Well, okay, I mean on mute. Well, for me, I ain't go. I mean, peace. I'm I'm gonna know that right off the top. Uh, <laughs> right now, buddy, that's a big thing for me. But the thing that I want to say, me knowing if they're worth it, would be this. You know, first off, do they hang up that representative? And by that, do they hang up their mask? You know, when you meet people, everybody has on the facade for two, three weeks. Right. Maybe some people even cover mm -hmm. for three, four <clears throat> months, five months, six months. And at some point, you really start to see who they are. You, you can only be somebody else. You can only play to be somebody else for so long. So to me, effort is how do I know they're worth it is when I see them get into a position where they're vulnerable enough to be naked. What I mean by that? being putting the facade to the side, you know what I mean? Being comfortable enough to have a conversation. It don't feel like you're trying to sell me on how great you are. You're just talking about your day. Uh, you know, you're comfortable enough to, hey, if you're comfortable enough not to have on a ton of makeup and just have a conversation, you know, some sweatpants. I just like a person that's just raw. You know, I know everybody puts on this Instagram fit and all that. That's not reality. We're not looking like glamour people 24 hours a day. Um, and she's worth it. Somebody that gives our friendship grace. I see too many people meet each other and they're cutting the person off fast. I see especially women who judge a guy that's trying to get it, trying to get to know them. They don't even give them a conversation. You know what I mean? But somebody who I'm getting to know. I might not say the right thing the first time. I might not get it right for a while, but the person that gives me the benefit of the doubt and has enough conversation to really want to get to know me uh, is, is big for me. Because, you know, we have interesting characters. You know, uh, our characterization is interesting. So if you judge me on one conversation, you might miss out on something good. And last off, this is something for me. And I suggest y'all for anybody, you don't really know someone until you see how they act when they mad and when they hurt. Or and, married. Huh? Or married. True that. And mm -hmm. because somebody, I've had people that say they love me, right? But when they get mad, you don't want somebody when they get mad, they're trying to hurt <clears> you. <throat> that ain't love. Or when things don't go their way, they spiteful, they immature. So that that would probably be it for me. 
if I can get meet somebody that can master that, they worth it. But those are red flags you got to look at because a lot of times, you know, somebody get mad, they can't have their way or they spiteful. I've seen a lot of guys, a lot of relationships where you really they really like that person, but they ignore all the red flags. You know what I mean? She's throwing his clothes out the window and just dysfunctional, toxic stuff. And I think you will know someone's worth it to me by their actions and, you know, their intentions. So that, that's what gets it for me. Uh, Zabo. My brother, I'm going to say, how do you know that a woman is worth it? I'm going to say, or an individual, we're not going to just say women. Um, when that individual meets your effort unsolicited, um, meaning what you're putting into or what you're asking for, they're also meeting or exceeding that. That woman is, is trying to get your attention and let you know that I'm serious, I'm for real. Uh, she might be worth it. Um, you hit on another thing that was real important. Um, my brother, Mr. Roy, Kevin, down in Fort Lauderdale, I remember getting a haircut from Kevin. And he talked to me about his wife, because he too is married. Um, and he said one of his defining factors and why he chose his wife was because he thought about how she treats him when she's mad at him. So, mm -hmm. Tootie, you hit a real good spot because individuals get upset with you and that mask come off. All those babies I love you <laughs> is over with. You feel me? Um, that's another test to see if a person is really worth your time and effort. Because if I come to my sanctuary, which is home, and I got to fight you after I just got through fighting the world for us, it's not going to be able to work. Um, the rent that, that I'm asking for up, up here in my head is too high for you. I do have to kick you out because, right. as we said, it's, it's all about peace. And if that person doesn't bring that peace or sanctuary to your relationship, nine times out of ten, they're not working. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say it. And I'm short and sweet and quick with that one. But um, oh. that was my that was my interpretation of the situation. Yeah, I think last thing with me to add, safe. Me and all you to say that when you were the person that makes you feel safe. What I mean by safe that you know you can be yourself. You might have a vulnerable moment that hey, I had an issue at the job day, or I being able to have some real conversation without <laughs> thinking about it's being said somewhere else or being used about used later on. So I've learned. Hey, that's a big I'm thing. Judged, my brother. You don't want to be judged on that. I had a I had a uh, a close friend with mine who said that you know he had a significant other, and he would get, you know, intimate with, her, especially about like his day or something that was happening, and sometimes it brought forth tears, and she just kind of like you crying for you know if a guy is crying, tell me I hurt. You feel me? I, I would have to I would have to clear. I'm sorry, I would have to clear. <laughs> And, but you have women that are insensitive to those needs of the others. Just like you have dudes that figure when she come home and she's trying to tell you about her day, oh, here she go again. Bro, you better pay attention because she's going to start talking to somebody else about them problems. And we know how that all ends up. So you got to be mine. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, all those are good uh, scenarios and they sound good. But I'm, I think the question I want to know is because I didn't have those problems. I had the problem of how do you have, how do you know who's worth it when you have a bunch of good women? Mm. I don't, you said you had a problem. 
I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying I, didn't have, I said I didn't have those problems. Oh, I, 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 I don't. Because I ain't trying to be funny. Like it's certain stuff. I'm just not even going to intertwine with. I'm not even going to entangle with. I'm a red flag runner. The minute I see that, I, I, I have I, I understand the world as we know it today, and it, I, can, I don't sugarcoat my life to me. I understand that right now it's a lot more women in this world than men. So I always felt like I worked on me to become a certain kind of person. So I know what I'm not taking. So when I seen that, I left. So I never. So after I got to like 26, 27. I, I just didn't even date. Uh, I didn't. I'm not even talking to women who caused any kind of problem or disrupt me in my life in any kind of way. If I can see it, now if it was like Tubi said, a mask or something like that. As soon as the mask come off and I see that you're not who you're supposed to be, I'm out of there. But one one thing I had to deal with is finding the right person for me because there was a lot of I had a lot of good women, like a lot of women who did most of them gave me peace because that was my criteria. That was my bottom line. It, it had to be that or you wouldn't be talking to me. Most of them had stability because that was my bottom line. Like, I had five non-negotiables, so I'm not even going to talk to you if you don't have those. So how do you get with a, how do you pick a woman when they check off all your boxes? I think it's all about what season you're in, but go ahead, Chris. Uh, well, like you, like you said, I think that, um, hmm, that's a good, that's, that's really a good question. I think I think that you at, at that point you go with who because it's good it's good women is one thing but who's actually putting in the effort towards you because it, sometimes when people think they're good good especially when it's when I, in my experience with dealing with women they don't think that they have to put in a whole lot of a whole lot of effort because you know they're good and I I've never heard a woman say she was a bad woman so that's just what it is. Right. So, um, but at the same time, man, I think that what 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 works out for you and what seems to have been worked out for all of us was simply not being easily won over. Uh, Horace talks about um, a mask. If you haven't gave her a relationship in the first two or three months, then you're gonna find that you got, that mask is gonna come off, and then you'll be able. You don't have to ever, you know, you you can see what's where it's coming, and you don't have to go that, that take it no farther. I think that's what it is, man. Not being not being e easily won over, and I think that you know we talk about the player life a lot, a lot of times, but that tells us that gives us data on women. It gives us to, so we can so when we when it's time for us to make a good decision, we have a lot of data. We we know that okay, yeah, this is good. This is a good situation, but this not this situation ain't good for me. But this is not this not a bad woman at all. But it's just not good for me. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think that. That's the that's a big part of it, I, and I teach that all the time. Do not be easily won over. Don't be a you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be an asshole, but you do not have to be easy. She can't just getting the draws isn't isn't equivalent to giving a relationship. Because at the end of the day, once you give a relationship, once you give a ring, all that she is now a representation of you, and that should not be easily that should not be easily done. You are giving her your name you are she is carrying on your lineage so no that shouldn't be done that shouldn't be worn over it takes you four years to get a degree to work a job for 20 years and retire but you didn't find out who who you want to be with for the rest of your life and, it, and it's under a year's time that's crazy. That's, to me that's crazy What's i think i'm about to say i think it's all about the season and maybe i'm lining up with what chris said it's all about what season you in because 
I think for once, I think this applies to anybody. Do what's best for you. I early in my early years, I made a mistake. I was in some relationships for them and not for me. And mm-hmm. people say that, but you with them because they're crazy about you and they like you, but you really don't have that same exchange for them. So you with them, but are you really with them? So I say it's all about what season. And and a lot of times you can have five or, you know, and you're trying to figure out who checks all the boxes. Sometimes the person that you want ain't what you need. I done seen a lot of scenarios where the brother heart was with this one and his heart ended up probably limiting his future. But the one over there would have gave him the world and more. But his heart was stuck on this one, so you no, know it gets. Well, it's, it's it was it was probably it was probably her ass though. Like that, we got to yeah. keep it real with this shit. We 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 are mesmerized by ass and titties. I said perception. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we we mesmerized by that, and we're willing to give those women a lot more of a pass than what we'll do with a, with another woman. That's that's. Basically throwing herself to to show you how good she is, and I I fall yeah. victim for the, to the same shit. So I understand that. How how do we combat that? Because that's one of the hardest things to combat. That in having multiple women, but the 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 visual part. Because I'm I, I gotta. A lot of us think that our our perfect woman, our, the woman that's perfect for us, just happens to be built like Serena Williams. It's got to be taught, Chris. You know what I'm saying? But how do you teach that, though? Yeah, but what I, do but you I'll do with that? I'll this. Not, 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 not to take away from purpose, because, you know, I'm a firm believer in the person for you is tied to your purpose. So mm-hmm. I'm not – that's what I believe in my heart. But take that out of the way. Take take that part mm-hmm. out of the way. And I'm going to say this. I think you and, and Horace say this a lot, and I think y'all go back and forth on this a lot, and it's, a good, it's good rhetoric, but me and it to use it, too, when we saying this. Cool. Let's just say you want the woman who built like Serena Williams, who cook, who clean, who love you, who patient, who has a, who's a good mom and all that. So does everybody else. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to be the person that she wants? Like, because at the end of the day, I, I agree with Chris saying, okay, don't be easily won over. But it is a, a, a echelon of people. Like, it's people who get up and go to the gym at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's people who who work on their attitudes so they be more patient. It's people who, I did all of this. I got my teeth. I did all of this to become this upper echelon person. So you deserve to get what you want. So if that's the kind of person you want, I think you should start with internalizing, saying, let me make myself better so I can be attractive, not just physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, to that kind of person too. I just don't want to say I'm a man and I got a job. I deserve Serena. What I'm not, I'm not so much, I'm not so much as meaning like the the this, the top echelon. What I'm talking about is just what we get fixated on physical. You can oh, find that fit. You can find that physical in the projects. You don't. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking. I I completely agree with you when you say if I want her built like this, cook, clean, great job. Yes, you damn sure, you damn right. You need to put the work in too. So I completely understand that. I'm just. As a microcosm, I'm only talking about how how her physical attributes cloud our judgment, and how do we combat that? But I'm I'm at a place where I'm past that for once in my life. You know why? Because they from social media, everybody 
everybody getting surgeries, they're getting add-ons, additions, everybody fine right now, right? But when you talk to them, nothing mm-hmm. registers with you. You know what I mean? Right now, I'm at a place where it ain't all about the body. If I can drive it, I'm going to drive it. <laughs> as long as it ain't too much for me, I'm going to get in there and crank it up. I'm like Mario. I'm looking for something that is good to me. I'm getting to an age where who can I be with that I know can can deal with something happening. If I get sick, she ain't going to pull the plug. You know what I mean? Or, you know, somebody I know day to day going to give me that peace and we can come up together and make a manageable plan for life. And she's going to be on board or at least trust you meet me to lead. Not this city girl crap. Not this I'm Miss Independent stuff. You do you. I do me. We just no. I'm past that because the vanity right now, I, I want somebody who even understands that who who ain't thriving for attention. Attention is the new currency. Like everybody need attention. So I'm finally past that because the animalistic side of us was in the past. Like in 2010, man, we was man. I was I was something else then, right? But, but I think I think I think what you're saying to is a hundred percent right. And and, I, and that's a valid question what Chris got. But I think you hit on that kind of it's like where you at in your life at that time, mm-hmm. because uh, ten years ago, Mario. I'm a party animal. I want, I want the, 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 the indulge and, and just go in there and just have the best time in my life. But once <laughs> I start saying, once I start saying, bro, I want somebody I can be with, I can actually be with for the rest of my life. Then, yo, I want you to look good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need all of that because there's so much other stuff and peace. Um, being able to work with each other. Raise kids and like like all that stuff just came so much further up in my life than the booty, which was prevalent in my younger days. Cause I agree with Chris. Like that was the I wouldn't even talk. That's not even the I needed it because I was thinking with my other head. You know, just being real. I was thinking what was gonna fulfill me. So sexually was the sexuality was the, the forefront of my life then. So fulfillment came through sex. Like that's how I was fulfilled. So then the first thing I'm going to do is look at what? What looks sexy to me? But right now, in the world I'm living in right now, I just sitting there and watching TV and just sitting there and just being able to be like, well, I don't I don't have to do nothing right now. Like that piece right there. Like going on trips or like I ain't trying to be fun, just to trust. Like any one of y'all can stay at my house at any point in time and I'm not here. My old lady will open the door, let y'all in and everything. Is no, it's, no, it's, like it's just different levels of comfort, peace. And trust that I wouldn't trade for the biggest boot in the world because at my age right now, I'm thinking about how am I gonna how's my life gonna be when I'm 60? How is my life gonna be when I'm 70? And do I want a thick ass bitch who arguing at me every day? Or don't cook, or who can't teach my daughter shit? My jailer called Jalisa about woman shit all the time. Like that matters to me at this age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask you something now. With all it being said, all of y'all, we're all established now, right? I'm in a place where the club is the club. I know what I'm going to do in the club, so I don't care if it's the club in Pahokee. I'm talking sex analogies. Club is a club. As long as I can shoot it up, I'm good, right? But all of us are established at this point, right? So in this era of everybody so cute, that's why I keep getting back to. You cute, and you, you know, you're pretty much cute. But again, Chris, you done bust your behind to get where you at. You buy a new home. You were inviting mm-hmm. someone to join you into that 
for what though? Like, what do they bring to the table? Starts to be the conversation that I have. Like, that's where I'm at. Probably saying you oh. cute, but kind of with Mario saying, what do you bring to our dynamic? You know, with my kids, my kids are grown, but what if we were to actually have kids? Can I trust you to raise our kid? What do you want to be teaching our kids? See, I think one thing you're talking about too is a type, Chris. I ain't trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. I believe that the the woman you get is going to be because you have a bottom line too of shit you're just not going to take. And but I think that you're going to be looking, and it's going to probably come in that rapper because that's what that's what you like. Like, it's certain stuff that I want in a woman. It's certain stuff that you want in a woman, and I don't think they really got to be super. But I believe it's going to be a curvaceous woman, and that's what because that's what you like because you can't bullshit yourself. Well, see that. Well, see, I, under, I understand what you're saying, but for me personally, I I I'm I said that for all of us encompasses of all of us because you know for I've I've known you guys I've seen right. that I I fully understand that that may not be the the end result for me. You know what I'm saying? I right. I, I completely mm-hmm. I completely understand that, and I'm one of the I'm one of the type that has indulged in you know various body shapes. So I completely understand that God is very funny why he what he puts certain different things. Yes, he is. So I so I so I'm not that's not that part I'm not hung up on. What I'm saying is in the process, in, in the process of it, I think that we what we what we do sometimes is is like you said, visual. We are we are visual. So we right. get we get we go there. And even if we don't we understand the fact that okay, well that might not be what we need to go. We need to stick with this one. That always you always when she when they walk well, around you doing this. I don't, that 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 case may be. I don't think that's never gonna go nowhere. Every man I've talked to been married for a long time told me you can look but you better not act. And you and if you start looking too long, that means remove yourself from that situation. Like but what is is looking a crime? No, I said looking too no, long. There it is. They say you there are. But it it's a difference. Yeah. Like, man, man, she's thick. Then, man, damn. Where you at in your mind and after now that? You, now you drifting, right? To, to, to just how you doing, ma'am? Now you making conversation because what you're doing is not only as you just visualized it, but you took it to circle because now you're trying to open the door and see where you can go because you're still a hunter. Let's get this straight. You just yeah. that's been in you. You hunted more than you have not hunted, and when you get to our age. So right now, if you get married tomorrow, tomorrow for the last 20 to 25 years, you've been a hunter. So that rush, when you see a gazelle that runs by you, you still might look, but you still have your gun ready. And it's always on your back. Like you, That's why you have to just walk away sometimes because mm-hmm. you still know you're a sniper. So, and I, and I, but I'm saying, like, like, okay, here's the thing. This is just what I, what I see. Go down this, this rabbit hole, Chris. This is right, what I believe. No, I'm just saying, this is what I believe. Like, I... I believe that women are looking too. I think oh, that we get. I think that we get. I think that we're getting punished for looking, or we get demonized for looking. But they're, mm-hmm. they're looking too, and I don't 100%. understand what is the problem with admiring. We hey, go strip. We go strip clubs. Uh, your we, mind, Chris. Huh? You got to. You got to get yourself in line with what you're asking for. So you have those women that are out there. That's gonna let you look, and they're gonna look. Well, ain't nobody gonna let me do nothing. I'm. I'm a grown man. I do whatever oh, I want to do. Now, there you go. Saying, but I'm gonna look together. I ain't lying to you. I don't think, and I, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm being naive. But me being, I, I think right now, I like pictures on Instagram. I look and all that, cause she know who I am. She know what I'
that don't mean nothing to me. No. I'm never breaking our vows. Like that's this, this is who I am. Like I wouldn't have did it. Like you all, me, you always talk. Nobody didn't make me get married. It was my conscious choice to get married. I got married because yeah. I, I wanted to. I didn't need no money. I didn't need her to cook. I didn't need no kid. I got married because I felt like she was my other piece to my pie, my purpose fulfillment. That's what I, that's me. So when I'm looking at somebody, you know that that's just what I do. Men look. I'm pretty sure she look at a dude come out of the gym. Like, I'm pretty sure of that. That's I'm not the sexiest yeah. guy in the world. I'm pretty sure. I know I'm not. So we we can't be naive in it. But yeah. But but I think that when it become a problem, if I couldn't, I have been with women who that's a problem, and I know that that's gonna be a problem for me. So that's yeah, why yeah. red flag. Yeah. And I got the hell on because yeah. I can't be governing. I can't be in the yeah, store. That's that's crazy. And live like that. But that's the key, though, Mario. That's the key, though. You said that she understand that you're gonna do this, but you you governed by X Y Z. A lot of times, that's a, that's a problem because a lot of times you will have women. And I would say women, because that will get with you or go in your DM. Go, oh, you so funny on Instagram, and oh, you like this and you like that. And once y'all get together, <laughs> now it's a problem. Now it's a problem. But why is it a problem when you're in a relationship? Because guess what? I'm in a relationship. If I'm married or engaged or whatever, I see this chick. So now it went to my mind, like, boy, I'm thinking about all the things that I would have did or used to do, and da da da. Then later on at night, I'm in the bed with my old lady still visualizing what I seen earlier and she know like well what did it got into you my mind so that's why I say because you got it like a jackrabbit that's them insecurities though too both both on the women's behalf and you got some insecure men that do that jump too you feel me if you with that person I mean if you with that person and you understand that person which kind of go back to what we were saying you understand that person, you know that they're going to do these things. But like you said, Mario, at the core of you, they know if they really, really are into you, they know what you stand on and what you're about. Like, oh, he just doing like you. If they don't, I always tell you this right now. If you, But if you don't, I can't control then it. Then I understand. And yeah. I know who I am. So you lost. And, and well, you're like, going to be I'm successful good. in life. You're just not going to be successful over here with Zay. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Just, if, if, on that. if you find something that you might think that is better. Or you might think it's more appeasing, and you want to go cover grass. By all means, cause I understand. Yeah. I am a good grade of grass. <laughs> so, I, I, so Augustine, I don't have insecurities. Like I know who I am. I'm on. I understand. I'm not the spaces, but I, I'm far from the bottom. So, if you decide, my sister, to do and travel on, I'm okay. That's why I'm not tracking who you're looking at or what you're there doing. You I know I'm the shit. That's just how I feel. So if you feel like that, you don't kind of worry about that that much. That's how I feel. Well, listen, we went to peace long. be unto you. Well, we went long on that. Hey, before we close out, I, I want to actually recognize that it is Domestic Violence Month. The month of October is supposed to be where the color purple, Domestic Violence Month. And before we get out of here, I want to mention something. I don't have a take on it. I thought it was odd though that I've seen this guy, the Tory Lane situation. I've seen this guy, and he has to be like. Lord Farquhar, like he like five one. Damn. He's not. He is no way the man. Stop playing with him. The man look like a monopoly piece. The man is five one. Megan the Stallion is six two. Right. We had this domestic violence situation where she was allegedly shot in the foot. Uh, I thought it was more like a stapler. You know, I did, I wanted to see the gun that don't really penetrate the skin, but. Um, 
that domestic violence situation that TMZ covered and it was such an outrage and everybody gave their take on it. I thought it was interesting because he has his story. She has her story. And in the between, in the middle, somewhere is the truth. We wasn't in the car, but I will say that the, I think it's LA County who is infamous for giving you charges for anything under the sun, refused to press charges against Tory Lanez. So Megan says he shot her in the foot. He's saying something else happened. And we have the middle who nobody ever knows what the real story is. So I just had to mention that. I didn't know what y'all thought about it. I, I just thought that it, that for that to be a news story for a whole month, I just thought that was interesting. I just can't really even see them two together. Like Tell a them drop ride. it in the comments. Drop it in the DM. Uh, we could probably pick it back up on another segment. But that's very interesting to me because I've never met nobody that shot somebody and go make a mixtape about it. Like you got to be the dumbest man in captivity, or you didn't do it. So something's around afoot, like you said, and we just don't know what it is. But either way, shape, we don't condone. It's just that that this go back to one of our previous episodes of that council coaching. Like that, that soon as we hear something, we want to be the first to react or the first to jump on the bandwagon before we get all the facts. And as black people, we're not afforded the right to do that because the same way we want to, hey, we want the other people around us to treat us or to not judge us or discriminate against us or prejudge us, we do it to each other so fast. And that's what I had. That's my problem with the council coaches. We're so quick to judge before we get all the facts. But if the other people was to do it to us, we'd be like, man, they ain't, they don't crucify the man. He ain't even this. He ain't even that. But we do it to each other. So if, if I don't I don't know what happened yet. That's why I haven't spoke on that yet. But I think everybody should follow that model, bro. You they don't know what it's, they still figuring that out stuff. Yet. So to bash him or the or to bash her to say she lying is crazy. And I think we should afford our each other the same rights that we want the other races to afford. Yeah. yeah. Um. I honestly, again, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it the same way. Before, like we don't know the whole story. You know, we just, we have no idea of the whole story. It won't, for me personally, it won't be the first time I've seen a light-skinned singing dude do some whole shit. Like that's it. Just won't be the first time. But it also not the first. I've my my uncle told me believe 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 half of what a woman say. I mean believe, yeah, believe none of what a woman say and half of what you see a woman do. So. I'm not. I won't be the first time I've I've seen a hurt woman tell a story that ain't exactly what it what happened. So I'm not, you know, I'm 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 gonna be like Mario. I'm not gonna touch this one until we get everything go out. But uh, Horace said that the L.A. County refused to press charges. I don't I don't know if they refused, but I haven't pressed charges. And then and by did by now. Chances of great charges would have been pressed. I think what we need to look more into is Megan Thee Stallion is on on uh, Rock Nation. Talk. We all Jay Z is the uh, owner of Rock Nation, and Jay Z has a lot of power. So that's just something I just want to throw that out there. Something that you that you may want to pay attention to because it, just, it the, the whole situation seems a bit funny to me, but. That's my and in general. In general, I was going to say that we also don't condone any of this domestic violence. That's first and foremost we wanted to talk about. But 
it just it's, it's a funny situation and we just podcast it was in the news we wanted to bring that forth and get some takes on that and get some understanding maybe it makes dialogue and we can have a conversation yeah, well, that was the, the overall key was to highlight how, you know, stop getting caught up on the media headlines. Sure. You know, first, pray that thankfully no one was killed or injured in that right. situation. Right. That's the biggest act. And always making the remindful, uh, reminder about domestic violence, which is never accepted. You got to stop Absolutely. that, in our, especially in our community. Sure. Walk All away. right, those comments real quick. Chris. If you got a beater, you don't need her. Mario. Uh, yeah, domestic violence is definitely goes both ways. So uh, keep your hands to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all know, y'all know this closing comments, right? Yeah, you know it. That's what we want to leave on their mind. Okay, well, Mario mentioned love the bear. Oh, I got a, a clothing line that uh that come out every fall season, and it's called I have sweatshirts that say love the bear, help the bear, and feel the bear. And what it is is it created this little bear. And the love the bear ones have a heart. The fear the bear ones have a, a patch. And um, the help the bear ones, they beat up a little bit. And I got it from my uncle. He used to always say, if you see me in the woods, don't help me, help the bear. So in the sweater, you know, they come in a real color and all different styles and everything like that. But they, uh, they're they just a nice hoodie. So, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to help, if you if you want to help the bear, please in the background, he's on fire. <laughs> Answer the bear phone. <laughs> the bear calling. Zay. Let the bear in. Zay. 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 businesses, man. Jesus Christ. He's barebacking. Yeah. Thank you. So I hate to uh, be the. Uh, bear a bear. No, I can barely bear this show. <laughs> well, want to sweat? You can hit my DM Ooh. and we can have it sent out to your house. But first and foremost, we got to let you know the ladies, y'all, uh, black super friends shirts are on the way. Now, when you receive this said merchandise, you have three things to do post it, talk about it. And wear it out, and tell everybody who you see, ask you about that shirt to tune in on Monday nights at nine to the Black Super Friends. Barely. Thank you. You know what? I'm just saying. I got. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Hello. Bear with me for a second. <laughs> you better yeah. say anything, dog. God, God damn. You guys are unbearable at times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Right. Next week, we'll bear right back <laughs> and, uh, on Monday night. So, I'll go. I'll throw the whole show away, man. <laughs> Another classic.